Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Welcome, guys. This is Brian Jackson of the 4th Down Experience Podcast. I'm joined with Chris Hughesby as well. And we have another exciting guest from the Alliance Football League, the AAF, a former Notre Dame punter. Uh, he was also with the Jets. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Ben Turk. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Hey, what's up, Ben? Welcome to the 4th Down Experience Podcast. We are very excited to have you on. And so I uh, appreciate your time to... Uh, to to interview us and talk with us in the middle of your season. Since the Alliance Football League is the hot topic right now, uh, you guys are two weeks in into your regular season. Why don't you tell the audience kind of what what the season's been like, almost from start to end, kind of how you got in it, things you've learned, and uh, we'll kind of tell the audience what it's like on your from your perspective. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Alliance has been a great experience for me. I mean, I think uh, without it, I probably wouldn't be playing football right now. I was actually ready to hang up the cleats when I was released with the Jets, and uh, the line called, you know, said they're interested in giving give me an opportunity and signing me, and, you know, I thought to myself, you know, I wasn't sure what it was all about at that point, but I do have to get an opportunity to get this game on film. Um, you know, I wasn't even sure how much they were going to pay us at the time, but I said, you know, I'm definitely interested. It's, you know, kind of kept my dream alive in playing football. Um, and so far, I mean, it's definitely lived up to expectations. Everything's been, you know, extremely professional from Mid camp, the training camp. We were all with San Antonio, uh, all 18 for San Antonio for training camp. Uh, now we're all obviously in our you know home region. I'm down in Orlando here with the Apollos, and you know everything's been a lot of fun. And I'm just glad that you know people are watching it. I think people are enjoying watching the games on TV. And, you know, so I can tell on social media. And it's been a great experience so far. You know, it feels you know very professional, and you know it feels like <laughs> you know like like you're playing professional football. I mean, last. Uh, I think I just saw something on Twitter that actually said the San Antonio versus Colorado game that I was just at had more fans in the stadium than any San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers game the entire year last year. So, I mean, wow. people are enjoying watching it, and it's been a lot of fun. Well, you know, one thing that I think you do a good job, then is your hang time. But speaking of hang time, I'm not trying to get off topic here. I love the Instagram handle. That's your, that's your Instagram, right? <laughs> that is just at hang time, and I actually had to get that from somebody else. Um, nice. I, I looked it up, and it was actually it was a failed a failed business, a startup that had it hadn't posted anything in like three years. And I actually met, I found the guy on LinkedIn, and I found nice. his business email. I sent him the email and said, "Hey, would you mind changing your your Instagram handle since you don't use it?" And that's how I got it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool to hear that. We've yeah. never heard that before, Chris. That is awesome. But, I mean, hang time's important. What's been cool, we interviewed Colton Schmidt recently from the Iron, who you're, do you know, and uh, yep. nothing really has changed, I don't think, for you guys as far as the punting and holding business, right? Yeah, no, I would do exactly the same except for obviously not holding pressure points. I mean, so well, okay. it's kind of weird after, yeah. after scoring the touchdown that you don't run out on the field. You know, so, like, we had, like, a, we had a uh, 6 gesture on uh, – Sunday, and I was getting ready to kind of you know, go out there and run out for the extra point, and I almost forgot that like, hey, we don't actually don't have to go out there because that change. So that, that's the only thing that's a little bit different. Good, valid point. Uh, I, 
you know, Elliot kicked a couple field goals last night, you know, so, like, you know, obviously, you know, the kicking game super well, so, you know, like, Novak, I don't think, I don't even know if, if Novak kicked in his game at all for the iron, but, you know, what's it been like uh, observing and talking with the kickers that don't know if they're even going to play in a game or get two or three kicks in a game? Yeah, I, I think it's very similar to, you know, the NFL college, I mean, Nothing changed with the field goals. I mean, like like I just mentioned, though, the only thing that's different is the extra points. But I think Novak did have one or two kicks, if I remember correctly, because I was watching okay. all the other games uh, actually earlier today, and I think I saw him go out there once, once or twice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, I think it's, I've talked with Elliot, and, you know, obviously, but I, I think it's very similar to college, just where you know you can have a game where you don't kick a field goal in college or in the NFL, but you know you just don't have those extra points, but. I think you treat it the same way. You know, you're staying warm up for team, kind of staying ready the whole game. You know, start kicking a couple of kicks in the net once you get to field goal range. But um, I don't think you treat it any differently from a game uh, in the NFL or uh, college. So, obviously, this is a startup league. It, it's got all the makings that hopefully it sustains itself. I'm just curious, do all the specialists in the league, do you guys all kind of stay in touch on, like, a text thread and kind of compare notes and just kind of, you know, keep in touch about what's going on? Yeah, so... Not so much now, but when we were all in San Antonio, we did, just because we were all kind of in the same place. Um, we're, we're actually trying to uh, get together to make sure we had the, the right rules and for the K-balls for the games, because we didn't want to be kicking the quarterback mud balls. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, all, all the specialists kind of got together and said, hey, you know, let's go to the league ourselves and make sure we have our K-balls. So, you know, uh, you know, we put ourselves in the best position possible in the games. So, uh... Ben, just out of curiosity, this is more of just a punning question, just in general for our listeners, because a majority of our listeners are current and aspiring kickers and punters. Are you a three-step or two-step guy? I'm a true two-step. Actually, most coaches call it like a one-and-a-half step, because I start with my right foot forward, and I, I just take a jab step with that, and then I'm a left punt. So it's nice. like a one-and-a-half step, but, but a true two-step. Cool. So... Was Thomas Morissette a guy that you kind of looked up to or, or watched? Or exactly. did you kind of learn? Yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly like Morissette stuff. That's right. Beautiful. Um, are you – I didn't look at the specs. Are you at six foot? How tall are you? Six foot. Nice. So I love that. I love the 5'11", five, six foot punters because they're showing guys, like, look, even though you're not the 6'3", prototypical punter, like, I can still be 5'11", six foot and still punt at a high pro level. You know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm six foot on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, are you being a being a five eleven six foot guy, being a two uh, one and a half stepper? I call them. We actually at our camps that we hold. Um, they're they're not as big as some of the others, but we you know we have some good numbers. We actually call it the Morset approach, where you put the right foot in front and just basically like you said a step and a half. You know, was that something that you learned like in high school and college, or like when did you kind of start? Like wanting to make those changes, and also, where's your drop table at for you? Yeah, so uh, I picked that up after college. I was uh, two, like a full two steps in college, and then after college, I was just trying to you know stay taller and stay shorter, and it's just easier for me to, to start with that right foot forward and kind of uh, not get that momentum of kind of crouching crouching down. And, Getting my momentum up instead of forward, so I, I think I, I kind of developed that as I was kind of training again after college. Um, and my drop table, I try to keep right at my weight. Um, you know, 
definitely depends on the conditions and where you're playing. Obviously, as you know, you kind of adjust it for the weather conditions you're in. But just generally speaking, right, kind of maybe an inch above my weight level. So, Ben, what I think is kind of interesting is you made me reflect on my career, too, because I was more of a punter-focused specialist when I pursued the league. I often had an issue with overstriding, and, and I'm, a, I'm 5'11", stretching to six foot tall as well, so I'm kind of connecting with you here. Mm-hmm. Did you transition to this sort of one-and-a-half-step approach because of overstriding situations to try to create better hang time, or what was your reason for change? Exactly, yeah. So it was just staying more under control, um, and it actually makes your off times a lot faster, too. So it's like, if you ever watch Morstead Punt, which, you know, I'm sure you have, but any listeners, if you watch Morstead Punt, it actually looks, and myself included, like, if I, when I watch my film, it looks like I'm going slower, or Morstead's going slower, because you can catch the ball, kind of gather your thoughts for a second, and then go, and you're like, wow, he's taking a long time. But when you time it, it's actually really quick. It's like, you know, one one five, one two, and the foot. And that's just a matter of, the distance that you're taking up on the ground. So you can actually kind of take your time a little bit more and you kind of really focus on what you're doing. If you, if, you know, I, what I've found is when I change those steps because the amount of ground that you take up in your block spot is so far away from the line of scrimmage that, you know, no one's ever going to block the line. So, I mean, if you watch, you know, people play the thing, no one ever rushes more step. Like, if you ever watch, they're always in hold up. They never really come and try to block it just because the block spot is so far away and the off times are so quick that, there's no reason to come to get it because you're never going to get it. So um, I think that's definitely an advantage of it. Kind of one reason that I was doing it is to get the ball off faster and just the ground that you're taking up is shorter. Nice. Very valid points. I hope, hope all the punters and guys that are aspiring to punters are, are hearing that because there's some good nuggets yeah, to listen I, to. I mean, yeah, and I, I've had coaches tell me that, like, you know, there's, <laughs> there's some coaches, like, in the NFL, that will pick up a punter just for that reason because you know, special teams coaches are very concerned about you know punts getting blocked. Obviously, like that's that's how special teams coaches lose their jobs getting punts blocked. So they don't want the special taking up a bunch of ground, you know, risking you know their their punts getting blocked. So I've had people tell me that you know I'll have some coaches that like my style just because of the punt steps. Nice. Well, you know, you obviously hold super well, and you know you you've been in with the Jets, you signed with the Jets, and have been with them and. Camp and a couple other teams and workouts. So you've obviously shown you could be a, a really good holder at the highest level. Uh, was that something you did at Notre Dame during your college time? Yeah, I held for all four years there. Very cool. Who was the kicker that you held for when you were there, or the kickers? Uh, there's three of them. I held for Nick Couch, David Ruffer, and Kyle Brinza. Oh, okay, Brinza. All right, very cool. So that's awesome that you had that college experience. Uh, what was it like uh, punting at Notre Dame and playing at Notre Dame? I mean, it was awesome. I love Notre Dame. You know, I, I look back at it, you know, I had a couple offers from other schools. I could have went to Alabama and had three national championship ranks. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I don't think I would change the experience of going to Notre Dame for anything. You know, I was a South Florida high schooler, um, and no one told me that when I went up to South Bend, Indiana, uh, it'd be a lot harder to punt. So, I mean, that, that was kind of one thing that uh, was negative, but other than that, you know, I wasn't charged for anything. Since we're kind of talking about the college experience here, what what was the recruiting process like for you? Obviously, you you know, you had some, sounds like you had some offers for some pretty big programs. What did you do to get your name out there to these schools? Was it college recruiting camps, uh, evaluation platform camps, or was it just a pure grind that you put in on your end? Well, I think the big factor for me was 
uh, going to St. Thomas Aquinas, which is one of the best football programs in the country. Uh, you know, so we had about 16 Division One scholarships per year coming out. Yeah, I mean, so it's wow. crazy. Uh, so we had, I mean, our spring football would have, you know, 20 to 25 schools out of practice watching. So I think that is kind of what really helped, helped me. Um, and, you know, I didn't really do many camps at all. It was kind of, you know, dependent on the exposure from the practices of college scouts being at our practices at St. Thomas. Wow. Nice. Um, going back to AAF real quick, uh, Turk. Like, so these footballs have the stripes and kind of go around, like, what was that kind of adjustment like with holding and the laces and all that? It is a little different. Um, the balls are a little different. They're a little bit different shape than the NFL balls. Um, I think, in my personal opinion, the NFL balls are probably the best football you can kick or punt. Um, so it, it is a little bit harder to hit, but it just took a couple of days to figure it out. Um, you know, it, it's the same leather, the same bladder as the NFL balls. It's just a little bit of different shape. I, I guess there's some sort of pattern on the NFL balls that have to make them a little bit fat. I think they're a little bit shorter. Um, not quite as, the sweet spot's not quite as big as the NFL balls, but, um, you know, once I got used to it, it was fine. The stripes, I don't really even notice. I mean, sometimes when a snap comes back, it's not a perfect spiral. It, you know, kind of messes with you a little bit catching it, uh, just because you can kind of really see the wobble coming back. But other than that, it's pretty similar. Have you been able to still get the hang times that you normally would get on the the regular NFL Dukes? Have you been able to get those same kind of hang times with this kind of different ball? No, no, it does it not. It doesn't give you kind of the floating, the sideways floating ball that the NFL balls do. I've hit a couple balls in practice where I was like, dang, I crushed that ball. I was like, that was like you know five six, five seven one. I go and watch it on film, and it was like a five two, five three. So <laughs> I, I haven't, uh, you know. The same thing, but you get with the NFL balls, but I mean, you can still definitely hit, you know, five second hangs. Yeah, there's a reason why your Instagram name is Hang Time. Is that the same thing on Twitter, too? No, the Hang Time underscore punter. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the same one on Twitter. I wasn't early enough, but. Oh, cool. Well, we'll notate that. That way, <laughs> we put this out, you know, here soon. We'll, we'll yeah. make sure. You guys, all you that are listening, make sure you follow Ben on Instagram. He, he has some really cool punting videos from the, the past and all that and, and you can follow his journey uh, with the AAF and the Yeah, I, do, I like to put, you know, I, I do know like a lot of, a lot of high school punters follow me and stuff. I, I do like to put a lot of like kind of the slow-mo videos on there and just type of stuff because, you know, usually when people DM me or ask me questions, I like to try to answer just to help them out because, you know, I, I would appreciate it if people help me out. So, you know, if you want to send me a message or whatever, you know, I'm open to that. That's awesome. You know, we know this AAF league is supposed to be a feeder system into the NFL. And, but I think the goal, obviously, is to allow that, you know, the players to finish their season before they, you know, commit to a team. I'm curious, though, two weeks in, you know, it, you know, it's apparent that there's been some standout performances so far. Are, are players getting contacted by NFL teams two weeks in, or do you think it's something that kind of progresses as the season gets done? Uh, so we're, they're, not at, they're actually not allowed to contact us for until the end of the season. Wow. Okay, that's cool. That's uh, yeah, that makes sense as well. Absolutely, before or after, but uh, during the season, they're not allowed to contact us. Yeah, I think what Colton had mentioned, and Ben, you can spin off on this, of course, because you would know. Uh, Colton had made a comment about like the season ends like right around draft time, or when when teams would sign guys. Yeah, it's like, yep. Okay. Cool. Um. So obviously, you know, it seems like you've done well. We. It's been hard to find statistical data. Like, you know, like box scores when you look at different leagues. How have you been doing? Uh, we 
I know Chris watched your uh, your game a little bit last night, but um, how have you been doing this season so far, two games in? Well, <laughs> the downside of being on the best team in the league is I don't get many punts. So, <laughs> you know, I, I only got, we played yesterday, and we punted on the opening two drives, and I didn't punt once again the rest of the, rest of the game. So, <laughs> I punted the first two drives, and that's that sideline, except for field the whole game. So, I'm hoping I get a little bit more opportunity here as the season progresses. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy with, you know, my dad, the first game I played, I had three punts. Um, and it was, you know, raining the entire game, which kind of sucked, but I finished with the 44-yard net and two inside 20 on three punts with 57 long. So I was happy with that game. And then yesterday, like I said, I only got two punts, and it was a 43-yard net, uh, no return. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, obviously, as I get more punts, I'm hoping that, you know, up the average, and, you know, with a couple punts, you know, 55, 60 plus, because I know I can do it. But I know this will come. You know, I'm just working on being consistent in, you know, on every punt I have putting the ball plates where the coach asked me to and you know that's a big part of you know punting professionally is you need to be able to punt where the coach wants it's not always you know just for your stats um you know if you want to get 45 yards to the sideline you know you hit a 60 yard punt down the middle of the field most coaches don't like that you know they'd rather have it where, where they want the ball so you know it's, right, well, it's uh you know it's gonna be a long season and you know you just you know, gotta wait for your opportunities as they come you know like one of the things that made this league so legit was all the NFL folks that have come over, you know, so, like, you may not get the reps uh, that, that, obviously, you'd like to get, but do you think the personnel uh, on your staff and other staffs, do you think that's going to help possibly get you to the NFL as well, like, with your practice performance and game performances? Oh, yeah, and I think everything, you know, uh, we've had NFL scouts that, you know, our games, and I've seen them on the front end of the boxes, so... I mean, they're watching everything, and, and I know that. So it's not really what you do during the game; it's what you do the whole throughout the whole process of warm-ups and halftime. You know, scouts are going to be watching you, and I know I'll get the opportunity as long as you know I'm doing my job and I punt well. So you know, if I only have two punts in the game, I know you know I've had you know 30 or 40 during pre-game and halftime that they also saw. So you know, it's just going out and putting your best foot forward uh, or on the ball, so to speak, every time you get the ball. You're really making the opportunities count when you get them. You know, what's interesting here, so if I'm reading it right, you graduated Notre Dame 2012, so it's 2019, that's seven years. You know, me personally, I gave it six years, and that was more circumstance because I lived in Minnesota, and I just, uh, I didn't quite have the facilities to train it all the time, but I kept getting better, so I kind of went, you know, I went six years before I really gave it up. You had mentioned that the AAF League kind of gave you that opportunity to maybe continue your career a little longer. What what was your journey like between graduating college to to today? Because you spend a little time with the Jets. What what kind of ups and downs, and what was that journey like? Yeah, so the years are a little uh, misleading because I definitely have a different story. I I did a ton of football for four years or three and a half years after I graduated. I stopped playing completely. So um, I went and got a full time job. I was working, and I thought I was done playing football. So you know, I'm six years out. But, you know, I really didn't start trying again until, you know, two and a half, two and a half, three years ago. So um, I was working full-time in finance. I was in investment banking and private equity. And uh, I, I won't go too too long of the story here, but my little brother actually moved in with me uh, after he graduated from high school. Uh, he was playing safety in high school, and he tore his ACL senior year and lost a couple opportunities uh, that he had to go play at the college level. And I said, hey, 
you know, why don't you take a gap year between high school and college? You can come move in with me. I'll, I'll teach you how to punt. Um, and maybe you can go to some camps and, you know, go play football in, in college for punting and continue kind of your dream of playing football, even though, you know, you might not be able to play safety again after your injuries. And he said, you know, yeah, it sounds great to me to take a gap year off school and, you know, move in with you and just hang out. It sounds great. So he took me up on that. Um, and I actually just started going out with him on the weekends and I put my cleats on to show him a thing or two and I was like, man, you know, I'm still pretty good at this, you know. I'm actually a lot stronger than I was in college just, you know, from, you know, growing up and getting a little bit older and put on a little weight. And, you know, I felt really good hitting the ball. I obviously wasn't very consistent because I hadn't practiced in a long time. But I was like, you know, if I devote my time to this, I think, you know, I might be able to make a comeback at it. And obviously kicking and hunting is probably the only position on the field that you could do that where you stop playing football for three years and then come back, you know, start playing again just because, you don't lose that game speed that you have in any other position. Um, so I thought, you know, why not give a chance? You know, I saved up the money from working, and, you know, I figured I can always go back and get a job if it doesn't work out. So I quit my job uh, and started training full-time again and started going to the, you know, the Houston Donner Combine uh, to try to get noticed again. Yeah, that's a really awesome point that you made, Ben, that I hope a lot of free agents and even college guys that are coming up here is, you know, you took a couple years off and you still – you know, now you're not going to have any regrets the rest of your life, you know, whether you make it to the NFL or not, like, you're, you're not going to have any regrets. Uh, well, this interview has been fantastic. Uh, we like to use our coined question here uh, to finish off our interview. Um, you know, with your experience at Notre Dame, uh, even just the last two games and, and anything with the Jets, like, what have been, like, your top five or six stadium experiences, like, stadiums you've played in in your career? Five or six, that's a lot. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give you the, the top maybe two or three here. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame is number one just because the tradition in every game that we had was always sold out. You know, you, you got to go on a waiting list to get season tickets there. You know, it's impossible. So it's always a full crowd, and that was definitely the best, best atmosphere I ever played in. Um, number two, I would probably say uh, I really liked going to Stanford. You know, we went to Stanford every other year, and, you know, just because of it was always perfect weather and the grass was probably the best field I ever played on. Um, you know, I, I just loved going there because of the weather that, and, you know, just the conditions that you always got to punt in. So that was probably number two. Uh, number three, I would say the Big House, Michigan. Um, we played a couple night games there uh, at Notre Dame, which was just, you know, awesome atmosphere. Uh, we lost, unfortunately, we lost one of them on, like, the last five seconds of the fourth quarter. You know, we came back. Uh, we took the lead with like 30 seconds left. They got the ball back and they came back and drove down the field and scored five seconds. So ended up losing, but that was an awesome game. You know, I love love that stadium. Um, obviously, I think it's like it, it's not the most, the second most uh, beats in college football. I'm not sure to be honest, but I know at the time I was playing it was like 110,000 or something like that. So it was, that was a huge crowd. Yeah, that, I mean that was probably my top three. Oh, that's awesome. My last question here for you, Ben, is. I know you had mentioned at the beginning of the interview you were considering hanging up the cleats and then this AAF uh, opportunity came along. Has this rejuvenated your drive to maybe pursue the NFL for a few more years to see if it really uh, gets you an opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think my drive ever needed to be renewed just because, you know, I always wanted to do it. I was just trying to be realistic about the expectations I had of getting back to the NFL after, you know, not playing football for so long. I think I was kind of fighting an uphill battle 
not having played in so long just because, you know, it, it is tough without having game film in so long that, you know, for teams to take, quote-unquote, a chance on you. But I, I think, you know, having 10 games on film now, you know, it definitely does change circumstances, you know, in terms of how long I want to try. Obviously, I'm not going to go forever, but, uh, you know, if I can get into an NFL camp and, you know, after the season, I'm, you know, obviously going to keep trying for another year or two if, you know, this. <laughs> I would love to come back to the AF even, you know, if I try to go to the NFL and things don't work out in the preseason and, you know, I have another opportunity to come back to the AF next year, I would, you know, definitely do that. I mean, it's been a great opportunity and a great experience so far, so I definitely don't have anything negative to say about it. You know, I would, would love to continue my career next year if I could. Well, Ben, we've certainly appreciated this interview, man, and uh, you've done a good job with with your Orlando Apollos, and we wish you guys the best of luck moving forward, man, and, and keep in touch. We, we hope that you get on an NFL roster, man. We'll be, push, we'll be pulling for you, no doubt. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Yep. Yeah, thanks, man. Good luck with everything, and obviously be following you guys from, from up here in Minnesota, so good luck. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Later, man. Hey, man, Ben Turk could be the next NFL punter in a year or two, right? Yeah, that was, uh, that was great. We've done a lot of interviews so far, uh, I think 55 actually, and I think that's one of the first we've heard where, you know, a guy kind of gave it up, and then by chance, by just training his younger brother, got that got that drive again, and it opened up the, the window and the potential career opportunities. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, no doubt, and he's he's the under six foot club, so Jake Shum played in the NFL for two or three years, he's 5'11", and... So, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're 6'3", 5'10", as long as you can do what the coaches want you to do and that's have plenty of hang time, plenty of distance, and plenty of direction. Uh, and if you do it efficiently, you can you can play at the high level. And it's, it was really cool to hear Ben Turk's story. Yeah, I agree. And uh, kind of like what was mentioned earlier, so far the only game that I've watched was the Orlando-San Antonio game. and I, But I didn't really start watching it until the third quarter, so... As we were prepping for the interview, I was getting stuff ready, and I happened to just pull up a link, and it just his game started. So as we were getting ready for this, I saw his punts, and they were pretty good, you know. And um, you know, it's a as a punter, when you're on a good team, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, you're blessed that you keep winning and you're doing really well, but I guess the only curse is that you just don't get a chance to punt that much, you know. So, uh, but it's cool to see, you know, his team putting up some big numbers. You know they're uh, they're off to a hot start, obviously, and I think don't they have eight or not, eight to eight or ten weeks of, of regular season? Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, they're already they're already two weeks in. So, and like he said, he, he feels that they're the best team in the league right now. So they obviously are two and zero. So it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out. Yep. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. We appreciate all your guys' support. Uh, we have a couple other AAF specialists uh, that will be joining us. So just stay tuned because uh, we have some some great interviews coming up, guys. Yep. Thank you all for the support, and we will see you next week. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely, 
using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps. Or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.